Imagine you're on a nice little boat, floating along a gentle river or out on a calm lake. Everything's fine, until you hear a gurgling sound. You look down and you're astounded to see water pouring in from a hole in the bottom of the boat. You grab your red Solo cup and begin scooping out the water, but it isn't enough. You look around for something to patch the hole with, nothing. As you look around despondently, you notice a faded plastic bucket floating your way. You manage to get a hold of it and you redouble your efforts and aided by the size of this larger bucket, you begin to get the boat emptied. And over the next few hours, you alternate between bailing furiously and rowing and the shore is getting closer and you might make it. Hello colleagues and welcome to the Assistant Principal Podcast. I'm your host, Frederick Buskey. The goal of this podcast is to help improve the life and leadership of assistant principals. Today, we're going to talk about the fact that we are all in a sinking boat, and I'm going to make the case that we can't patch it, that our little red solo cup isn't getting the job done, and that our only option, as bad as it is, is to grab that cheap plastic bucket. Okay, before we dive in, get it? Let's begin with the celebration. Although I began the Assistant Principal Podcast in August of 2021, it wasn't until January when we went to a regular weekly format. We had 231 downloads that month. Now, the first week of May 2022, we topped 2,000 total downloads. And as I record this on May 24th, we already have over 600 downloads for the month and we will be getting very close to the 3,000 download mark. If you get my daily leadership email, then you know that I am a team of three. I'm responsible for reaching out to potential guests, writing or outlining the shows, and recording. But after that, my son Lance does all the editing, creates the show notes, loads the content into our podcast hosting app, and onto our website. And finally, Mara pulls from those show notes and creates all of our social media posts. So today, I'm celebrating that I am meeting your needs. The numbers say we are doing something right, and that brings me joy. But I'm also celebrating Lance and Mara. It would be impossible for me to produce a weekly show without them, and their patience and dedication is a blessing that all of us are gaining from. As always, This podcast is built around the principles of strategic leadership, prioritizing purpose over urgency, addressing problems, not symptoms, driving incremental progress rather than big change, and focusing on people instead of tasks. Today, we're talking about the sinking ship that we're all in. To get back to port, we're going to need to act purposefully, to understand what the real problems are, to make as much progress as we can, knowing that we can't fix the problem. And most importantly, we have got to focus on building and strengthening our crew. The ship is sinking. This is, of course, an allegory. The ship is us. The ship is our schools and our education system. The whole is made up of three parts, really. So the first part, the first hole, maybe we have three holes in the boat. The first hole is just that we're losing teachers. Um, We don't have as many teachers coming into the profession as we do leaving the profession. 
And that's a problem that we can't fix. That is a policy and a social problem. And as an individual school or individual school leaders, we can't fix that problem. The second hole is the increased challenges that our students are coming to us with. And and that's only been exacerbated, well, as all these problems have been exacerbated by the pandemic. But kids are coming to us with unprecedented mental health needs. Um, Families are under incredible stress. And we have all kinds of politics and other stuff spilling into the schools. So not only do we have fewer teachers coming in, but we have these fewer teachers coming into situations that are much more challenging than anything I walked into when I began my teaching career 30 years ago. The third piece of this is that the teachers that are coming in are less prepared. They're underprepared. And I don't mean that as a slam against uh, teacher education programs. My wife leads a teacher education program. But guess what? They're facing unprecedented challenges as well. So they're having a tough time getting their students up to speed and preparing them for all of these increased challenges. There's no teacher ed program that I know of that has a big, strong emphasis on mental health. And you don't even have time to do that in your teacher preparation program. And yet that's one of the needs that we have. The other part of it is that we have a lot of teachers coming through alternative programming. And if you look around at the news, if you read what's happening policy-wise in different states, the way a lot of states are responding to the teacher shortage is to lower the requirements for being a teacher. So that's going to open it up to more people. But those people are going to come in, again, facing increased challenges and with even less preparation. So we have to assume at this point that teachers coming to us are underprepared, even if they went through a really good teacher ed program. And there are lots of good teacher ed programs. But given what's happened the last couple years with the pandemic, we just have to assume they're not ready. So we have three holes. We're losing teachers. Kids are coming to us with incredible challenges. And the teachers we do have coming into the profession are underprepared. That takes us to our solo cup. The solo cup is what we've been using and what we've been doing all this time. It is the traditional kind of new teacher orientation, which maybe is a day, or if you're really lucky, you get two days of new teacher orientation. We have some kind of semi-formal or informal mentoring program where we put a veteran teacher and match them up with a first-year teacher And then maybe we have some district events that happen once a month or or once a quarter. That's kind of the traditional thing. And and I don't I'm not trying to bash those or bash anything that districts are doing. Again, everybody's working as hard as they can. And and this kind of um, I would say low level teacher support worked fine 20 years ago when teachers were walking in and we knew everybody had a certain level of preparation and we knew that our students were at a certain level that was much less demanding and challenging. In this day and age, those old practices just aren't going to cut it. So I want to pause here and tell you about what I call my origin story. My origin story goes back about five years ago and 
it's really what has lit the fire for me and fueled my passion for doing what I'm doing now and for really talking about this whole idea of this strategic leadership thing. So about five years ago, I walked into the office of of an assistant principal in a small rural school in late May, 10 o'clock in the morning. As soon as I walk in the office, I can tell there's something wrong. Karen's hair is just all out of place and going all kinds of different directions. Her face is flushed and there are papers all over the desk. I said, Karen, what's wrong? And she looked at me and just had this this look of exasperation, frustration, and sadness. And she holds up these yellow sheets of paper in her hand and shakes them and waves them around and says, I have seven office referrals. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. Each of these is going to take me 45 minutes. My whole day is gone. I can't do teacher development. I can't do classroom observations. I can't go talk with kids. I'm done at 10 o'clock in the morning. I paused, thought for a minute, and I asked, Karen, of those seven office referrals, how many of them are teacher problems? not kid problems. She paused a minute. She said, five. I will never forget that conversation. Five out of seven of those referrals were really about teachers, not about kids. But she can't go out and help the teachers because she's too busy processing the office referrals on on the kids. And this is, when I talk about the tyranny of the urgent, this is what I'm talking about. That we get caught up having to do the things that we have to do, but we keep doing them over and over again because we can't find the time to be more intentional. We can't find the time to address the root problem and try to take care of the real issue. So I'm sharing the origin story with you here and now because it it's akin to that solo cup. If all we're doing is processing referrals to try to get through the day, that's just like trying to bail water with that solo cup, right? It's never going to end. And in fact, in in, in the end, we're just going to be swamped and we're going to sink anyway. So what are we going to do? We can't fix the hole. That's, That's the realm of the policymakers and everybody else to figure out. Our solo cup isn't working. So we have one other thing that we can do. This is not the best solution, right? The best solution is to fix the problem, but we can't do that. So what can we do? We can grab the bucket. So what is this bucket? There are five five things I want you to think about today. First is we've got to stop doing what we've been doing. Small, less intensive, new teacher orientation, semi-formal mentoring, some district events and support, that's not working. And it's not going to work moving forward. Secondly, we have to implement structural strategies. We have to change things at the building level because that's where most of us have some level of control. We have to align what we're doing as an instructional leadership team to be 
really dialed in and really focused on supporting early career teachers. Right now, we don't do, we, we, for the most part, we don't do anything differently for our early career teachers as we do for all our other teachers. We don't have anything set as a system that lets us really focus in and tactically and strategically work with those folks. And we can't do that anymore. We need to structure things in our building to allow us as instructional leaders to really focus and lift up our early career teachers. Point three is we have to streamline procedures. I worked with, I don't know, I think 105 um, intern two teachers at Western Carolina University um, back in January. So these are people that at that point, they were about three months out from finishing up university. And in fact, two months from now, they're gonna be walking into your schools. And we did a three-hour workshop on classroom procedures. Many, many, many of those teachers had had very little work on classroom procedures. And even even the ones that had some prior training and then had my little three-hour workshop, they still were in classrooms where they weren't able to actually put their procedures into practice because they were in a different teacher's classroom. So they're coming into to your school this fall, they're coming into your school never having had to implement classroom procedures. That's, that's a common issue, right? That entry year teachers often struggle with procedures. And, and sadly, if they never get that, then there are always going to be issues. And if you think about teachers in your school right now, I'm sure you have some early career teachers that struggled a bit with classroom procedures. Worse, you have some 5th, 10th, 15th year teachers who are struggling with classroom procedures. And that's why my friend Karen had seven office referrals, not just because of beginning teachers, but because there were five other teachers in her building that couldn't manage those classrooms. And that begins with classroom procedures. So the third thing that we need to do as part of this, this plastic red bucket is to streamline the way we do classroom procedures. And... I think it's time for us to think about procedures as being something that is school-wide. Now, if I was a veteran teacher and you're my principal and you come in and you say, we're going to implement common procedures through the entire school and everybody's going to do it the same way, I would not be happy. I have my system. I have very strong procedures. I like the way they run and I want to stick with them. I'll not be happy. But guess what? We're going to have lots of other teachers who would be very happy. And imagine what it's like if we enforce and teach the same set of procedures in every single classroom in the school. And when a new third grade teacher comes in and gets those kids, those kids already know the procedures. So the teacher may not know them. The teacher may not be overly skilled at reinforcing them. And certainly we have to develop that skill in the teacher. But in those early weeks of school, the teacher's not going to drown from classroom procedures because the kids already know the procedures. So part three is we need to make procedures easier for kids. We need to make it easier for teachers coming into the building by having common procedures throughout the building. The fourth piece is directive coaching. 
one of the areas I think we, one of the opportunities we miss with beginning teachers is that we're not directive enough. We want to do collaborative or reflective coaching and we want them to think about things and process things. And, and that's fine. That should be our default position, except many teachers coming into the profession or in their early years are overwhelmed with how much there is to do. They're trying to meet all these incredible challenges that kids are, are presenting. They're trying to get up to speed on curriculum. They're trying to develop their lesson plans. They're trying to figure out their formative assessments. They're still trying to figure out classroom procedures. They have all this stuff going on. They don't need you to be asking them questions or us. They need us to be saying, hey, here are three things. You need to do these three things, and that's going to take care of this issue that you're having. So the fourth part of the bucket is that we need to be more directive in our coaching with early career teachers, not because they're incapable, but because they have so much going on, they need us to make it easier for them. The fifth and final part of that bucket is that we need to change how we think about entry year teachers. We can't, it's not about the entry year anymore. It really is about early career. So when we're thinking about providing extra levels of special support to teachers, we need to be thinking about that in terms of three to five years, not one to three. So, so move from entry year teacher support to early career teacher support. So quick review, five, piece, five aspects to this plastic, plastic bucket that we got to pull out of the water. Stop doing what we've always been doing. Change the structures in our building to help our instructional leadership team focus specifically on supporting early career teachers. Streamline procedures so that everybody's using the same ones. Be more directive in our coaching with early career teachers and move from the idea of just supporting first to third year teachers to supporting them in their whole early career three to five years out. I'll be talking more about this in the months to come. The good news is that we have some time to think about what we're doing and make some changes for August. This is also an area that will be my major focus for the fall, so I might be able to offer you some additional support beyond a few podcasts, but we can talk about that later. As we wrap up, I'll answer the standard three questions that I ask our guests. First, what part of my own leadership am I still trying to get better at? Keeping it simple. I have to keep telling myself, MVP, MVP, MVP. That's minimally viable process if you're a first-time listener. Every time I face a challenge, I seem to always want to find the elegant answer instead of the simplest and, and easiest answer. If listeners could take just one thing away from today's podcast, what would it be? The ship is sinking, and our Red Solo Cup is not going to keep it afloat. Please rethink how you support your early career teachers. If this is something that you feel passionate about, as obviously I do, drop me an email at frederick at frederickbuskey.com. As I said earlier, this is my big focus for the fall, and I don't know, maybe we can figure out how to bail this boat together. Anything else that I'd like to share with you? Yes. Give yourself some grace. 
most of us are headed into the final week, two weeks, three weeks of the school year, and it has been crazy. Uh, it feels like COVID's been going on for three or four years. Uh, we all began last fall kind of optimistic that things would be getting back to normal, and and we had all of the crazy discipline situations going on in schools, and then by the time we got that done, we came back in Christmas and Omicron hit, and it's it's been wild. Um, but you know what? You're here. You're still standing and you're listening to a podcast because you're wanting to grow and and continue to move forward. So if you had a great year, awesome. Pat yourself on the back. If you feel like you did not perform this year the way you wanted to, that's okay. That's okay. You're still here and you're still trying to grow. So please give yourself some grace. One of the most difficult things to do as a leader is to find time to reflect. And yet reflection is the single most powerful tool we have for growth. But what if you could receive a little nudge, a little reminder each day to pause and to set an intention for your leadership for that day? Every day, a couple hundred leaders like you wake up, they make their coffee, and they start their day by reading my 100 to 300 word daily email. It's just something small to help you take a breath and be mindful before heading into your day. This week, we're doing a five by five leadership challenge. Each morning, readers are receiving a prompt for a five minute reflection or activity. At the end of the five days, everyone will have become a better leader simply because we're intentional. So if this sounds like something that would be helpful to you, you can head over to the website at frederickbuskey.com and you'll find a sign up link there for that daily email. All right, that wraps up today's show. I'm Frederick Buskey. I hope you'll join me next time for the Assistant Principal Podcast.